Welcome to The Thought Locker, a podcast that enables personal growth. Hi everybody, it's Andrew Duncan here and I'm here with Edwin Rakanui from Big Life Mindset. Ed, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. So today we are going to talk about a, I guess you'd call it an attribute or a concept that has made a big difference in my personal life, which which he has actually introduced me to. And uh, I, I brought Eddie in to talk to you more about this so that you can understand what uh, what it's all about. And I think it's got real possibilities to to improve everyone in, in all aspects of their lives. Uh, it's it's called self-efficacy. If you haven't heard of it, don't worry. Uh, we're going to talk you through it and explain it and discuss practical ways that you can implement this idea and, and uh, hopefully help you in many facets of your life. So, Eddie, to start us off, would you mind explaining what is self-efficacy? Yeah, so self-efficacy is easily going to be the most powerful thing your listeners learn about today, if not this week, if not this year, uh, hands down. The reason it is so powerful is... When you and I think of successful people, in any facet, in any field, those people will have high levels of self-efficacy. For my mind, it is the key difference between someone who is successful and someone who isn't. Uh, Self-efficacy has been around for a long time. It's been around since the 70s. And the academic uh, or research-based definition of it is that Self-efficacy is how you perceive your capabilities or your ability to be successful at a task or in a situation, whatever that task or situation might be. So just to repeat, your self-efficacy is how you perceive your ability to be successful at a task or situation, no matter what that task or situation is. Now, so, so a person would naturally have high levels of self-efficacy in some things already mm-hmm. and, and possibly low levels of self-efficacy in other things. So yeah. it's not necessarily you have this trait and it's that much self-efficacy across the board. It could be very different for, for different activities. Or Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, you might have a person who is a, uh, maybe they're a great parent at home and they understand how to manage kids and, and the inner workings of a child's mind, but when they turn up to work, maybe they're a manager and they're not great at uh, having that, that skill set translate into an office environment. Uh, you could have a person who is great at having one-on-one conversations and knows how to be a great listener, knows how to speak really well, speak clearly, speak confidently, but you put them in a public speaking situation and then it doesn't translate into that environment either. So it's it's really something that you can, like you say, you can have a high level of perceived self-efficacy in one field and, and not so in others. So in terms of self-efficacy, like... Why is self-efficacy so important, potentially, as opposed to, say, skill building? So, you know, to, to take that example, you know, if I'm a manager, I could say, well, I need, you know, I'm no good at this, but I need to get more training at being a manager, and then I'll be good. Why is self-efficacy so important um, for our success with, with that situation and with others? Yeah, the way I look at it is that, you know, there's a lot of emphasis within self, self-efficacy on how you perceive your skills, or you perceive your abilities. And why that is so crucial is because when we think about how others perceive our skills and abilities, 
it actually pushes that right to the side. And why I believe that is so important, why the research suggests that is so important, is because we are bombarded with people who are projecting their ceiling onto us. Uh, whether that is our, our friends, our family, uh, it might be people at work, it could be social media, it could be society in general. So we're constantly being told, you can't do this for whatever reason. Now, if you were to put a big rink fence around that and push it off the table and say, actually, that's irrelevant to me now because I'm basing my uh, I'm basing my perception of this on how I believe that to be the case, then you can suddenly not suddenly you are now in charge of creating your own ceiling. There is no ceiling, effectively. Because the only person who's going to put the ceiling there is you. Uh, and so when I think about managers who, or anyone for that mind, who might be looking at developing um, skills and, and whatever area, often it's because somebody else is telling them that you can't do this thing. That may not always be ground in evidence. It may be ground in the other person's insecurities. Uh, you know, there's no shortage of people that can't do something and then they tell other people that they can't do that thing either. And so this just says to them, actually, I'm going to put you on mute here. That's not going to be important to me anymore. It's going to be how I understand my ability to do this and how I perceive that ability. Uh, and that to me, <clears throat> that to me is just an incredibly powerful way of pivoting uh, where you see yourself growing and where you see your strengths and how you see yourself being able to develop those strengths. Because when the, when the sphere of the people you're comparing yourself to is ever-expanding with social media and with everything you look at online, it's so easy to tell yourself, I'm below average at this. I am, yeah. you know, this is not one of my strengths. Yeah, absolutely. We're, and like I said, I don't use the term like the other. We're bombarded with those messages as well. You know, every advertisement that you see is basically telling you that your life is not going to be good enough until you buy this product. Mm. Uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be good enough until you learn this thing or whatever the case may be. Can self-efficacy be applied in terms of like, maybe I don't know how to do this yet, but but I believe I'm capable of learning. I believe I'm capable of finding the tools I need to, to be better at that or figuring that out. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So one of the gems of self-efficacy is that you can grow it. it. This is not a fixed constant. This is something that can be evolved, something that can evolve, it can be developed, and even better, it's actually really easy to do. So, so yeah, talk us through some of those ways. How, how would I, if I find myself, you know, sort of re regularly repeating things like, oh, I'm no good at, um, you know, uh, uh, writing articles, for instance, mm -hmm. or I'm, I'm no good at speaking in public is probably a really common one. Yeah. Um, or I'm not very good at sports, so I'm just yep. not going to engage. Uh, what are some practical ways or what are some, what does one do to, to improve their self-efficacy? Cool. So what I would do is I always understand what does the goal look like that I'm trying to achieve? What is the thing that I want to be good at? And then work your way backwards from where that goal is to where you are right now and break it down into bite-sized chunks. And the reason you want to break it down into bite-sized chunks is that you want to give yourself a smaller goal that's going to put you on that course and that goal should be achievable. Now, the reason why you want to have a, a more bite-sized goal is because 
when you achieve that goal, you're going to start to build up your confidence. Now, we'll talk about confidence a little bit later, mm. but essentially what you're saying to yourself is, yes, I can do this. I've done this, and I've got the evidence to prove that I can do it. You can start to talk about it. You can share it. If you set a goal that's too far advanced, and let's say, we'll use public speaking as an example. Let's say, by the end of next week, I want to speak in public in front of 100 people. Now, that's quite a lofty goal. If between now and next week, the only goal is I'm going to rock up and speak in front of 100 people, if I don't achieve that goal, it has a perverse effect in that I will now start to set lower goals than before, but even worse is that I might not have realized that with a little bit of extra effort or by breaking that goal down into bite-sized chunks, I would have actually been able to achieve it. It was well within reach. It was within my grasp. If a person fails repeatedly at goals because they're not putting them in the right structure, the goal might be right, just how they're applying themselves to it, then that has a, much like any other habit, it becomes habitual, becomes a repeat process, rinse and repeat. I can't do this, so I'm not going to be able to do it. I can't do this, I'm not going to be able to do it. They find themselves in a position where they have inadvertently masterminded or become the architect of their own failure, of their own demise. So what I say to people is, take your big goal, break it right down, and understand what is that first step. Because when you achieve that first step, you've just knocked off a goal. You've just been successful right there. Um, and so, you know, let's continue on the theme of, of public speaking. When I have conversations in my role as president of Toastmasters, I say to people, what is it that you want to be? And they'll say, a public speaker. And I say, okay, well, here's something you can do right now to help your public speaking. When you and I are talking and we're standing, I want you to stand with your feet just outside my shoulder width and I want you to splay your feet so that all your body language is pointed right at me. Your, your full force of your energy is directed, directed right at me. Now that's a really simple goal that people can do and that actually will build, you can layer on top of that to the point where a person can speak in front of 100 people. But that's the first step. That just getting, getting that one bit right will demonstrate to that person, actually, I have the confidence in being able to speak with another person that's right in front of me. Uh, it doesn't need to be a lofty goal by any means, but that small step is going to be incredibly helpful for breaking down any myths that they can't achieve. Um, and it'll also look at being a fundamental piece to increasing how they perceive their abilities. I can imagine, and you know, it's a, it's worth saying to to watch out for times when you set lofty goals and then don't achieve them. Watch out for that voice in your head that says, "Oh, you're obviously, you know, you're obviously crap at public speaking." Yeah. Or I think of the audience for this podcast thinking, you know, if you're trying to buy a home or trying to buy an investment property, if you, you know, look online for a week or two, you can't find anything that looks right, and the process looks too hard. It's easy to just say, "Oh no, it's not. That's not for me. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not meant to do this." Yeah. Rather than breaking it down into really bite-sized chunks, yeah. And saying, "What can I do today? What's something that can move the needle a little bit?" Yeah. And and understanding that that is progress. Yeah. What are some of the key characteristics of people who have a high level of self-efficacy? Like, how would I spot someone and say? That person's got good levels of self-efficacy. Yeah, it's really cool because you'll be able to see it in a lot of people. So people with high levels of self-efficacy have, amongst many other amazing attributes, 
they have three that really stand out for my mind. One of them is perseverance. So they will put in enough effort and even for a longer period of time to ensure that they are successful. Another one is resilience. And this is a big one for my mind because resilience is about how they take on negative feedback or criticism. So often flying in the face of negative feedback, they will use it as an opportunity to learn and to grow rather than taking it as a personal criticism. But the one that binds them all, the one that really is the jewel in the crown, is the goal setting. So people with high levels of self-efficacy tend to set higher goals than people that don't have high levels of self-efficacy. So when you pull all those three together, you're going to have a person that sets higher goals, is prepared to put in the amount of effort that's required to achieve it, and when they take the knockbacks, they grow from it. That's an amazing uh, trifecta to have. If you look around, you'll see people that you know like this every day. Like you, you turn on the television, you're going to see somebody who has high levels of self-efficacy. Uh, you look at these some of these global superstars and social media, they're going to have high levels of self-efficacy. The best thing is, is that it's not unique. You can do it too. Yeah, it's within all of us. I think this is so important because this is where, you know, I think a lot of people would look at learning new skills or, or getting better at anything they want to get better at and say, I just need more training at X or, you know, I need more information to be better at something. But self-efficacy is the kind of the, the, the rails that keep you on track. It's the train tracks that keep you moving forward in the right direction that give you that encouragement so that you don't get to a point in the learning process where you say, oh, obviously I'm not good at this. Obviously mm. this is not for me. Because lots of people can sort of start that learning process and then get off track or give up. Yeah. Self-efficacy to me is the is that little driving force that just keeps saying, no, you can do this. If, if I'm getting frustrated or if I'm stuck, you, you can sort this out. You just need, you know... To ask someone or to share the problem or to, to find the answer to this solution, you know, this problem that you're stuck on. So. Nice. Nice analogy, too. Cool. So one of the first questions I had when, when we initially started discussing this, this idea uh, a while back is, is understanding how does, you know, isn't this just confidence? You know, isn't this just, uh, you know, my, my levels of self-confidence and, and people either have high self-confidence or they, or they don't? How, how does self-efficacy differ from from that yeah there's a huge amount of similarities there they they've got some significant overlaps confidence is quite an ambiguous term uh, if you walked into a room and I, I quite enjoy doing this actually and I ask five or ten people describe confidence they'll give examples of confidence what confidence might look like when a person is doing it but they find it really hard to capture an actual definition of what confidence is. Self-efficacy has already got this locked in, and so they, they do certainly feed into each other. But I think where confidence comes a little bit unstuck is you can be incredibly confident that you're going to fail miserably at something. That language doesn't work with self-efficacy. It doesn't fit. It, it, it just doesn't work like that. 
And so that's where I help people to understand, okay, so with self-efficacy, with this clear definition that we've got, now you can understand how to increase it, what it looks like, what good looks and feels like for you. It's interesting because you you are an exceptionally confident person and for as long as we've known each other, you've you've encouraged me to be more confident, to be more proud of who I am and what I've achieved and, and that I should have extreme confidence. And I've always found it quite hard to internalize that. But once we started talking about the concept of self-efficacy, that really resonated with me because even if I don't feel extremely confident in myself in any given situation, I can still feel like I have a high level of self-efficacy. I can still tell myself, no, you, you can figure out the way to get where you want to go. You know, you can follow your nose, you can do some research, you can you can gather more information and you can progress towards your goals. So for my type of personality, self-efficacy was a really um, game-changing uh, concept to understand and mm-hmm. it's made a, a massive difference. So I, that's where it differs from confidence for me is that, you know, I don't have to feel confident to feel like I've got a high level of self-efficacy. Mm. But it doesn't it feels like a step that's far easier to obtain than than feeling quote unquote confident. Yeah. Um so it's more obtainable, it's more graspable, you know. Yeah. It's um and, and that can give you a really nice foundation to go anywhere from. Yeah. Um, you're like I will I'll figure this out, you know? Uh, or if I catch myself saying, I'm no good at X, this little voice in my head says, No, should have high self-efficacy. You can build your, you know, you can figure this out. Yeah. You'll, you'll work out a way through it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the phrase I like to use is knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. Because there will be a situation that you've been through, that you've experienced, that you've seen, that will have some similarities with whatever this next challenge is. You know, I think about kids when they learn how to open a door handle. Um, you know, that, They'll start to learn that they learn the mechanics of a door handle. And it's normally around the home. And then they go into a different environment and they see a door. And it's the first time they've ever seen this kind of door before. But they think, I've had success elsewhere doing something like this. It's not the same door. The handle looks quite different too. It doesn't even turn the same way. But I knew how to open the door back at home. Something there is going to apply here. Uh, and that knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. That is for me, if I, if I keep that in the back of my mind, I can always say, well, actually, I've done something else that there's probably a similarity here that can be applied. And on that note, you, one of your really unique special skills is building self-efficacy in others. Uh, and along those same lines of what you're just talking about, are there other practical tips for you know improving one's own self-efficacy like that, that they can um like the the feet blade you know that that sort of one when you're having conversations with people are there any other tools like that that you could share that um maybe words to say to oneself or or negative phrases to watch out for yeah yeah there's there's a lot and it really comes down to the context i think of what the person wants to achieve so you know if you wanted to be um if you want to be more successful in the office, as an example, then you want to identify what part of that of being in the office do you want to be successful at. So let's say it's running meetings. So Great example. Running a meeting, you're going to want to know how to run meetings at work. You're going to want to know how to control them, and ultimately you're going to want to know how to run successful meetings that achieve the purpose of what you're after. So if I thought about that, then... 
small steps that you can put along the way that help you be great at running meetings are things like sending out an agenda beforehand that articulates what the purpose of the meeting is, arriving early to the meeting so that you could scope out where everybody's going to sit and you can work out where you're going to sit because you really should be sitting at the head of any table if you're hosting a meeting. And the reason why you want to do that is because you want to have line of sight with all the other participants and it's going to help you control the conversations more. You want to do things like setting up a parking lot and a parking lot is really just a way of capturing great ideas that people might be talking about or not so great ideas uh, and keeping people focused on once again the purpose of the meeting so no doubt everybody's been in a meeting room where somebody started waffling on and they've gone off topic I advise you to just say hey that's a great idea let's write it on the parking lot which might be on a whiteboard and then we'll revisit that after we've achieved the purpose of this meeting uh, towards the end of the meeting, you want to do a wrap-up, you want to do a recap, and during that recap, you want to say, okay, so these are the actions that we've agreed on, person A has agreed to doing A, B, and C, and this is the timeline for when they're going to hand it in. Uh, you also want to be able to say to people, at the conclusion of this meeting, I'm going to send out an email, and it's going to cover everything that's been agreed to. So you can see that each one of these is actually a small step. They're all little bite-sized goals that if you tick off all of these, then the ultimate goal that you've just achieved is being able to run a successful meeting. Like if that was your goal, you've just nailed it. Um, and you've done that by breaking it up into bite-sized chunks. So cool. And they're all things that are under your control. They're all, they're all aspects of the process that you can influence and that you can control, which is so useful. Uh, you can't control whether someone tries to derail the meeting and goes off topic all the time, but you can have a parking lot. You yeah. can shop early. You can be at the head of the table. Yeah. I love that so much. Eddie, where can people go to find more sort of info, more tips like this? Yeah, absolutely. So please head over to biglifemindset.com. That's biglifemindset.com. Uh, or you can even email me directly. So my email is erakanui at gmail.com. Uh, I'm not sure if we can put up a link or something on it, but uh, E-R-A-K-A-N-U-I at gmail.com. And I would love to have a conversation with you about increasing your self-efficacy. I would strongly suggest checking out Eddie's website. That's biglifemindset.com. Uh, he's got heaps and heaps of just short punchy videos which give you little tips like like these ones we're talking about with meetings like the ones with with public speaking that can influ positively influence many many different parts of your life so great place to go and get a little kickstart for for each day and you know the videos that i myself share with my coaching clients so i can attest to the to the quality of them so go and check that out look up Eddie on LinkedIn as well as a good place to follow him so you can see new videos as they get published as well and uh, stay tuned for more content like this. Um, if you've got questions you'd like to ask Eddie or myself in a future episode, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Uh, email for me is property at andrewduncan.co.nz. Thanks everyone for tuning in.